Hello from Sydney. Welcome to the Proof of Concept podcast, the tech show where we explore real life use cases from the field and discuss those hot questions in the field of data science and AI. I am your host, Grant Case, and we're today we are joined by Sheena Nassim. Sheena is one of my colleagues here at Data IQ, and also we're here to talk about deep learning. But before we do that, Sheena, will you please introduce yourself to our audience? Thank you, Grant. First of all, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Very excited to be speaking here. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a little bit of intro on how my journey with deep learning started. I started building automatic speech recognition applications and interactive voice response applications uh, when I started my career. Then uh, at that time, all these machine learning or deep learning weren't popular at all. Then there came a time where all these words started, you know, popping up and becoming popular, like big data, Hadoop, uh, sentiment analysis, machine learning, deep learning, etc. I had to pursue my master's in all these things I was very interested in. Um, and I graduated from National University of Singapore uh, in master, in, with a master's degree in computing. And I moved to Japan to work more in this industry where I was very focused on building smart factories and worked in industry 4.0, where my main job was focused on integrating the three technologies. One is computer vision, deep learning, and robotics building a lot of uh, defect detection systems and quality control um, and things like that. Then I moved back to Singapore where, again, I was focused on building deep learning systems, which, uh, which from different sectors like public sector, oil and gas, retail, etc. And finally, I'm here in DataIQ, enjoying <laughs> every day of my work here. Yeah, and we appreciate you every day because of what you bring to the team. I'm very curious. We let's start out. So, uh, what are the, some of the cool things we can do with deep learning out there today? Yeah, um, there are a lot of things that you can do with deep learning, and those things are like really cool in almost all the fields. But uh, in order to like start, I would say some things like self-driving cars. We are looking forward for the level five autonomy, which you cannot achieve without any computer vision or deep learning systems. Uh, then we have virtual assistants nowadays, and um, you can use your Alexa, Siri to put your reminders and your wake-up calls and things. Then you have um, um, smart homes, smart cars, and everything around you is becoming smarter and smarter because of all unstructured data and deep learning things behind it. A lot of application, uh, cool stuff can be found in the medicine uh, field as well, where you can have AI-assisted diagnosis. And then also we can understand the early onset of uh, behavioral problems in children, autism, etc. And also for the, the children with autism or other kinds of problems, AI also comes into picture helping them, also helping the elderly. There are a lot of applications you can find there as well. And it's revolutionizing uh, manufacturing sector for sure, because it is very easy to see the results right away in manufacturing. And in your entertainment, your gaming, um, your movies, and even it can, you know, um, develop new music compositions and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the thing you that I think about when deep learning is so very, very interesting right now is... Uh, something like uh, Dolly 2. So I had the opportunity to join the the beta for that. And just being able to 
type out text and wow, here comes a picture of, of something that you and I would have never been able to do ourselves, at least from, I don't know about you, from an artist's perspective, but I, I can't carry a tune, nor can I draw a picture of a pony or anything. Uh, so to me, it becomes very fascinating, that ability to, in effect, take you know a large corpus of data, uh, in this case, uh, paintings, pictures all across uh, time and uh, time and different uh, and different subject matter and be able to tell, hey, uh, give me a picture of a bird with a Japanese like setting uh, that is teal. Guess what? Here it comes. <laughs> it's amazing. So I, I guess my next question, you know, you talk a lot about these interesting use cases, um, but deep learning is a very, very different subject than some of the machine learning and rule-based systems we've worked in the past. So what we like to do here at the, uh, the proof of concept is we also like to try to explain this like I'm five to my CEO or t- uh, to someone else in the organization. Uh, how do you explain deep learning and how do you explain deep learning uh, we'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcast uh, here for the uh, Proof of Concept podcast. So, Sheena, how do you explain deep learning to folks? Yeah. So when we think about our human brains, it's very magnificent, right? It is It is very good when it comes to learn new things and very good when it comes to solve the complex problems. Similarly, in deep learning, what we are trying to do is we are trying to mimic the functions of the brain. So it was very good in um, helping you solve the most complicated problems and, you know, pattern recognition and stuff. So there are certain problems um, that deep learning would be very helpful to solve. So deep learning on the table, it brings in um, solve solutions to certain problems together with a good accuracy. So that's a, a, a plus point. And uh, it can help you generate a lot of um, revenue by solving the complicated problems in your organization. Interesting. And I guess one of the things we talk about here, and uh, when I think about kind of ex- explaining, explaining deep learning to a lot of folks, is the whole concept of how does your brain work? Uh, you have a lot of, you've seen a lot of things and patterns over time. Uh, and ultimately, those patterns are things that your brain can work out. And in much the same way, these deep learning models are things that you uh, see a large corpus of data and start to do their own patterns. We don't necessarily know how it works directly uh, because, in effect, it works in much the same way as our brain does. So, for me, that's kind of the fun part about all of this is it's, it's so much different in a lot of different ways versus the traditional machine learning that we've seen that we already work with. Fair statement? Yeah. So it's it's different from the traditional, um, you know, machine learning or all those stuff in a way like, yeah, as I told before, we are trying to mimic the functions of the brain. When you think about, let's say, like when you think about everything, how you want to solve a problem. What we are trying to always uh, do is to find that mathematical formula. You have an input and you have an output. For example, you have a picture of a cat and you want to classify it as a cat. So that's your output. And you want to find this mathematical formula where you put your variables in and it will output the result as cat. And 
in order to build this mathematical formula, you can use different things, right? You can use machine learning, you can use rule-based things, you can use deep learning, etc. How it differs in all these things is that deep learning is capable enough to represent a very complicated mathematical formula, which cannot be represented by a machine learning or a rule-based system. So that is why it is very popular and very accurate as well in solving complicated problems. And I think that you've actually kind of dovetailed nicely into how do we compare and contrast uh, this? So if I think about kind of the comparison and contrast, uh, you kind of eloquently just stated why that's different from machine learning. But uh, I'd like you to take a little further. It's like, where are the domains where we have been unable to uh, previously really work with some of this stuff uh, versus now? So what was What's achievable now uh, with deep learning uh, that were, you know, was it possible, let's say, five or 10 years ago when we just had traditional machine learning? Yeah. Um, so in every kind of data, there is a lot of uh, uh, development and involvement that has happened. For example, let's take in the case of images. So in case of images, before all this deep learning, we used to use a lot of uh, computer vision, we are comparing like pixel by pixel. Let's say for an example, I want to classify an image um, or, um, as a cat or a dog or something like that. Our methods used to be very simple. Like we compare pixel by pixel and we are trying to compare some edges or some things like that, which won't be very effective in the real scenarios. But when it comes to Deep learning, we are moving forward further from that by representing more complicated mathematical formulas. And we are talking about like millions of parameters in deep learning. For example, a network called VGG16, which is a popular model, which has like 138 million parameters. So imagine you are writing a mathematical formula with all these 138 million. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> I didn't like that much calculus to begin with. <laughs> Yeah, so these this fascinating things are happening inside and uh, it's what making your detection systems more accurate and that is how we are evolving. Yeah, no, that's fascinating stuff for me and, and really the opening of all of these different use cases. Uh, you know, think uh, our hyperscalers, our AWS, our Azure, our GCP, because quite frankly, you know, would we have been able to, could we have done this 10 years ago? I don't really think so, at least not on the scale uh, yes. of what we're talking about here. And we'd love to hear you. Uh, is anybody, are you using uh, some of this deep learning uh, within your organizations today? Follow us on Facebook, on uh, here uh, on LinkedIn. Also, obviously, always uh, recommend you uh, catch every proof of concept podcast wherever you get podcasts. Are. So, uh, so. Gina, Sheena, what are we thinking about then uh, when we think about it a little deeper here, which is how do we make money, save money or improve customer experiences? What's the value really? Because I think there's one of the, you'll hear a lot about some of the interesting conversations in and around deep learning in that I think the amount of energy it takes to actually generate one of these 130 million or billion parameter models is the equivalent of some small countries. So I almost like, you know, what's the value obviously for us as organizations, but more importantly, what is the value for our society 
uh, in doing some of this? Yeah. So when it comes to value, there are a lot of things that uh, deep learning comes to um, takes you to. For example, let's say in case of manufacturing, you are building like defect detection systems, which are very accurate and which can even figure out the minute defect which humans cannot. And on an average, like for a problem which I worked in, the humans take like or the workers take around 15 seconds to examine a product and uh, classify it as defective or not. But when you build a deep learning system and replace that effort, what you're getting is mainly two things. You're cutting down this 15 seconds to milliseconds. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of productivity that's happening. And the second thing is more quality assurance and quality control. Mm-hmm. Because certain mm-hmm. minute things like workers overlook that, but machine will not fail to pick it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, again, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead, please. So, and also in uh, various other things like, you know, in medicine, um, if you can early diagnose all these uh, problems and uh, um, let's say some kinds of cancers, it's curable, you know, and if it is an early diagnosis, there is a lot of way you can help people live a comfortable life and things like that. And also in case of like dangerous situations where, you know, in case of forklifters, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of accidents that is happening when you take a look at the survey results and stuff. We can avoid all these things by using AI and uh making workers only work in a place where that is safe. If there is like mm-hmm. some unsafe environment or things, we replace those with robotics and AI, mm-hmm. deep learning, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I have a good friend of mine from uh, my uh, former uh, place of business. Uh, his name's Brad Bond. He actually works for Boston Dynamics. So he's always posting the, uh, the robot dogs. And oh, one of the interesting yeah. things they talk about is the autonomy of uh of those robotics to be able to go into a very, in this case, he was a location whereby uh, highly radioactive, right? So this is a, this is a storage site for radioactive materials where humans, you do not want to go. Uh, but obviously those are places where we need to be able to understand you know, the parameters and danger. Uh, I also think of something I think you've told me in the past is all the smarts, we all want smart stuff, right? It's yeah. like, and and smart stuff, it seems like is coming a lot from deep, deep learning. Is that, is exactly. that true? Exactly. So um, I always tell this thing, like uh, when I ask you this question, okay, I will give you a word and now tell me what comes to your mind first. So I'll give you this keyword smart. And if I ask you this same question before like 10 years or 15 years before, then you would say like, smart person or you know it it's a keyword that mostly used to be associated with humans but now we want everything smart and everything around us is becoming smarter we have smartphones smart watch smart cars smart homes yeah so everything becoming smarter and smarter when you look back into it like the the things that is uh, helping the things to become smarter are deep learning computer vision all these technologies yeah, and I need all the smarts around me for my dumb dumbness uh, here at the house. So I will always appreciate anything that's smart coming to help me. And yeah. I think you you brought that up. It's interesting, especially as we talked to one of the things you were talking about, like speech to text uh, and that sort of recognition. That's deep learning. But uh, how many of us are saying, hey, Google or hey, Siri, 
or hey alexa uh to start asking those questions but that's all based in deep learning right yes exactly yeah yeah so we can find around yeah it's it's in when you just look at your everyday life we don't realize it like okay uh these are the things that is happening behind but every single time yeah in your smart homes your iot sensors and everything and then your um smart watches then your google siri everything it's it's <laughs> unstructured data and things behind it yeah awesome so uh as we kind of come to the conclusion of this uh uh, proof of concept podcast. So I want you to put on your prognosticator cap. Um, and what do we, what should we expect from the next two to five years? And really, I, you know, think about it even, you know, over the next 20 years, what do you, where do you think proof of concept will be? Or excuse me, <laughs> where do you think deep learning will be? Yes. Um, yeah, the future looks like really, really bright, to be honest, for deep learning. Um, mm -hmm. For example, we are more moving towards an era of self-supervised learning where we don't have to like, you know, label an image of a cat and a dog and tell the model like, hey, this is cat and dog, but it is smart enough to understand which is cat and dog by itself. And when mm -hmm. you think about the human brain, right, it is just when you look at it, it's just one model, but it can do multiple things. You know, it can it can understand your emotions. It can, um, you know, classify a picture. It can um, translate a language. It can do everything, right? So we are also looking towards things like that. For example, one speech recognition model which can recognize all the languages. Right now, mm. we don't have anything like that. And also one model which can um, do all those NLPs of different languages, which would be very helpful. And we are looking at a like a future where things are getting like, um, you know, added to a single model and a single model is like brilliant enough to do multiple things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, I think that's kind of the interesting thing for me. So, so if, as I kind of put on my cap uh, mm -hmm. with all of this stuff, it's really thinking about uh, today we have to have a large corpus of information to give to a deep learning uh, in order to make it work. Right. So how can we how can we limit the amount of information? So for to get a good deep learning model, we need you know gigabytes, terabytes of data in order to train it. But the inference ability, so making that kind of next little jump to say, here is a small set of information and do a more uh do a much more of a prediction outside of that, I think is well beyond what we see today. But in the next 20 years, that is something that is incredibly interesting to me about what might be coming soon. Uh, in the interim, I think we're still going to have a, the, we're not going to see commander data from the next Star Trek, the next generation, you know, probably within our lifetimes. Uh, but I do see a lot of the, uh, a lot of the mundane uh, being automated by these technologies. So I think of the virtual assistant. So the ability to start scanning uh, my Gmail, be able to uh, create responses and have them ready for me for approval and that sort of thing. That to me, it will be the interesting thing going forward uh, because that has the potential chance to change a lot of our lives. 
uh, yes. just being able to take up a lot of that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there are um, certain people or like views where you you think about AI is gonna take your jobs away, but that's not the right way to think about it. It can make your lives better. For example, let's say like uh, it can do the tasks easier and it can create newer jobs as well. And then you will have more time to spend with your family and, you know, more time to do the things that you really like rather than just repeating this mundane, you know, repetitive task in your life. So, yeah, it's a very good way of uh, looking at the problem. Perfect. And uh, we would love to hear your feedback. What do you think deep learning is going to bring uh, to the party for you and your organization over the next five to 10 years? Please follow us on uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And of course, please download any uh, the Proof of Concept podcast, any place where you get uh, your uh, podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else. With that, I want to thank you so much. Thank you, Sheena, for joining us today at the Proof of Concept podcast. This is Grant Case. Thanks so much. Take care and have a great day.